You're listening to Rave Youth Podcast. When I was 19, I went on a missions trip with my church at the time. Um, and uh, a, a, a lot of us went, a big group of us, and we went to Trinidad. And uh, part of the trip, we went to this uh, hospital. And we were just going to be walking around and telling people about Jesus in the hospital. And I remember when I, we got there, it was very run down. I remember specifically thinking that it seemed like something I you'd see in, in during World War II. It, it seemed like it had nothing there, and and I was partnered with this man named Chuck, and we were walking around, and we went to uh, see this man who was laying in bed, sitting up a little bit, but he had had a, a few gunshot wounds to his chest, and he was just kind of sitting there, and his mom was sitting there with him, or standing there with him, and Chuck just started to tell him about Jesus, and I was watching the whole thing, and I remember looking at the man and zoning out on what Chuck was saying about Jesus. I was looking at the man, and I thought, he's not listening. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about what you're saying. He doesn't want to hear about Jesus. He doesn't have any emotions. His mother was crying in the back, but the man was just sitting there like he didn't, he didn't, like he wasn't there. And I started to think about, well, why am I here and why am I doing this? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to, it's not going to work, you know. The guy had some tattoos and I thought, oh, I want tattoos. And I, you know, I wanted, I'm just tired of this right now. And all of a sudden, somewhere out of nowhere, the man started to bawl. He started to cry because of what Chuck was telling him about Jesus. And I remember I looked at him and my heart completely changed. I'm like, I said, oh my goodness, I can't. In my head, I'm saying, I'm so sorry. I did not even see that God was working here. I don't know what to say. And I I felt so uh, bad about the things that I had thought because I, I didn't see that God was working. And Chuck turns to me and says, you know, my hearing's a little bad. Would you lead him in a prayer of salvation? And, I, and in that moment, I realized that whatever it is that I thought was going to happen, whatever it is my expectations were about what God was going to do, or what I thought he should do, didn't matter. God was God, regardless of what I thought. And he prepared me for that moment, even if my heart wasn't right seconds before that because God can change your heart in seconds he changed the man's heart and he changed my heart and then we saw a man literally sitting there with gunshot wounds to his chest get saved and and come to know Jesus and I'll never forget that moment in my entire life it showed me the power of God and and the kindness that God has for us
When we started out doing this podcast, I did say there may be times where we would talk about social topics and other things of that nature. And I know the coronavirus is a very controversial issue right now. But I think it's silly to sit and say nothing at all, especially when we are actually living through this. And it's not a topic that I wish to discuss in length, but I think it's important to say a few words. So this week's lesson of the Samaritan woman will be postponed until next week. But please allow me to take a few minutes to address some concerns that seem to be going around. There's a lot of different viewpoints about government and the coronavirus. I'm not here to take sides on these types of things or to instruct people what to believe. Your belief is your own, and it's a wonderful thing that we live in a country that allows us to have those. But I do want to quickly talk about what I think it means to be a Christian in the midst of these times. Because I think it can be confusing on how to live out our Christian faith among either actual or perceived persecution, or how we live like Christians among people who disagree with us, either quietly or abusively. So let's read a few verses out of Philippians 2. Philippians 2, 3 through 9 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Jesus, who was God himself, had every opportunity, and justifiably so, to condemn, judge, and call people out for how he was treated as the Son of God. They lied about him, they beat him and tore him to pieces, they hung him on a cross, and they even gloated about it. Jesus could have said stop, but he didn't. The interests of God were more important than the false accusations, more important than the lies being spewed, and he chose to love others first before himself, even humbly and without accusations back, though he had the right. So what are we doing as Christians during this uncertain, scary time? Are we using it as a time to promote our rights? Do we have the right to promote them? Yes, we do, just like Jesus did. But we need to ask why we're trying so hard to promote them. Because how we present ourselves and how we love others reflects what we believe to be true about the Bible. Philippians 2, 3-9 is in the Bible for a reason. We may not like how things are going, but we have an opportunity here to love others more than ourselves. And loving others is hard. It's uncomfortable. And it may even feel like we're losing things sometimes. It seemed so to others when it came to Jesus going to the cross. But Jesus knew the outcome would be greater than a justified rebuke at the time. Maybe it feels like persecution or an obstruction of rights to be, in some cases, required to wear a mask in the midst of this sickness. Maybe it seems like it's not helping. But you're not doing it for you, you're doing it for others. Maybe it seems like the country is having a difficult time seeing God in all of this. Some people think God isn't in it, and some people think that everything is is persecution. Regardless of what is happening now, or what might happen in the future, 
We must stay close to Jesus. Jesus must be first in our hearts and on our mouths. Because if we as Christians are trying to win some battle as opposed to loving those who might, in some of our minds, be infringing on our rights as Americans, what happens when the day comes where we are faced with persecution for our faith and that requires giving our lives? Christ didn't only give his life physically on the cross. He gave it up every day on the earth to the will of the Father, so that when he went to that cross, it fit with how he lived until that moment. He loved completely, giving up even equality with God. I pray that we can have that same heart, because we as Christians have already given our lives to Christ. So let's love others, even our enemies, the way Jesus has and still does. reading our next story in the Jesus Storybook Bible, The Present, the story of Abraham and Isaac from Genesis 22. God knew that his secret rescue plan could only work if Abraham trusted him completely. God had to make sure Abraham would do whatever he asked. So a few years later, God asked Abraham to give him a present. Abraham liked giving presents to God. He gave him animals. They were called sacrifices, and they were a way to say, I love you, to God. But this time, God didn't want a lamb or a goat. God wanted Abraham to give him something more, much more. He wanted Abraham to give him his son, his only son, the son he loved, Isaac. Put his boy on an altar and kill him as the sacrifice? How could God want him to do such a terrible thing? Abraham didn't understand, but he knew that God was his father and loved him. So Abraham trusted him. Early the next morning, Abraham and Isaac set off. They climbed the steep, stony trail up the mountain. Isaac carried the wood on his back. His father carried the knife and the coals. Papa, Isaac said, we have everything except we forgot the lamb for the sacrifice. God will give us the lamb, son, Abraham said. They built an altar and laid the wood on top. Abraham asked his son to climb on top of the wood. Isaac didn't understand, but he knew his father loved him, and so he trusted him. He climbed up onto the altar, and Abraham tied his boy to the wood. Isaac didn't struggle or try and run away. He just lay there quietly and didn't make a sound. Everything was ready. Abraham took the knife. Tears were filling up his eyes. Pain was filling up his heart. His hand was shaking. He lifted the knife high into the air. Stop, God said. Don't hurt the boy. I want him to live and not die. I know now that you love me because you would have given me your only son. Abraham felt his heart leap with joy. He unbound Isaac and folded him in his arms. Great sobs shook the old man's whole body. Scalding tears filled his eyes, and for a long time they stayed there like that in each other's arms, the boy and his dad. 
suddenly Abraham saw a ram caught in some brambles, the sacrifice. God had given them what they needed just in time. The ram would die so Isaac didn't have to. And so Abraham sacrificed the ram instead of his son. And as they sat there on the mountaintop, watching the embers of the fire die in the cool night air, the stars above them sparkling in the velvet sky, God helped Abraham and Isaac understand something. God wanted his people to live, not die. God wanted to rescue his people, not punish them. But they must trust him. One day, someone will be born into your family, God promised them, and he will bring happiness to the whole world. God was getting ready to give the whole world a wonderful present. It would be God's way to tell his people, I love you. Many years later, another son would climb another hill, carrying wood on his back. And like Isaac, he would trust his father and do what his father asked. He wouldn't struggle or run away. Who was he? God's son, his only son, the son he loved, the Lamb of God. Hey guys, I know that was quick, but I think it was an important topic to talk about, and I think um, it went well. So we're just going to say goodbye now um, and give a shout out to Payton and Boone. See you later, guys. Bye, guys. We love you all. Thank you.